You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. We're authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin, and we're here to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Tune in each week to real life conversations with the experts about real issues Christian parents face today. If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends. You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where each week we're talking about the real issues Christian parents face today and helping you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Before we get started with today's episode, Brooke and I want to invite you to take advantage of a free prayer resource from Million Praying Moms called Seven Essential Prayers for Every Mom. We spend most of our time helping you learn how to pray for your children, but inside of this challenge, we're teaching you to pray for you. (laughs) It's important. You'll get seven emails sent straight to your email inbox with prayers like a prayer for when you're losing it all over everyone a prayer for calm in the chaos, a prayer to breathe new life into your day, and so much more. Sign up right away to get the seven essential prayers for every mom series by visiting our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Our guest today is Lisa Whittle. Many of you have come to know Lisa from her thriving Tell It Like It Is Instagram feed or through her library of books pointing us to the gospel. She's become someone I personally look for wisdom on many, many things, including how to understand hard passages of scripture. She's been on the Million Praying Moms podcast before talking about helping us to navigate the world of kids sports with grace. And we're going to talk about something completely different today. If you haven't listened to that one, though, you should, because it's really good. We'll link to it in our show notes from today's episode, but it's her latest book, Jesus Over Everything, Uncomplicating the Daily Struggle to Put Jesus First, that we've invited her on the show to talk about today. Lisa is the mother of three, author of seven books, and her ministry is absolutely vital in the days we live in. Her authoritative, no-nonsense approach to and love for the Word of God will always be welcome on our show because that's how we like it. Yes. (laughs) So Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your ministry for those who don't know you yet. Gosh, thank you for having me on. I am Man, I'm really honored. I feel a little emotional after such sweet words from both of you because I love you both so much and I respect what you're doing here um, in a big way. So thank you, honestly, for having me on. Last time we talked about sports. That was fun. This time talking about Jesus over everything is going to be really fun too. Um, What? Oh gosh, I don't even know. It's hard for me ever to give an introduction because I feel like how do I sum up who I am in like five words? I don't even know. Um, I'm probably like a lot of people listening. I wear many hats. And, uh, yeah, I've got three kids, been married 24 years. I, I feel like that might be one of the greatest miracles of my life and also one of the greatest joys of my life, right? right. Um, I think especially in this time when we're quarantined with someone, it's like, did I pick well? <laughs> I hope yes. I pick well, right? Um, but, yeah, it's, um, it's been a journey, you know? It's been a journey. And I do love to write and I do love to speak. And most of all, I really do love – um, that I have 
the one truest love that I've ever had in my entire life, Jesus. And um, been a pastor's daughter, traveled a long time with the church, like my longest relationship's been with the church. And so I feel like in some ways, you know, I've lived a million lives. And then in some ways it's like, I'm just getting started. So that's a, that's a really mixed bag you have on the show today. I'm not sure exactly how to find myself. I, love I, feel like, I feel like we're having a lot of time to consider who are we actually during this time? Maybe too much. Maybe too much. Maybe like, too much. <laughs> yeah. 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 That probably a lot more simple, but because I've been quarantined, I'm thinking about it right now. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Oh my goodness. That's true. It's this weird bag mix of thinking about things way too much, but then also really trying to disconnect. At least that's my, my experience of it. Um, I'm really trying to do some brainless things as well, just to keep myself from obsessing over the state of the world and, and just to rest and relax and take advantage of the time that we have. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It can go either way. So Lisa, we're really excited to have you on the show today. You may not know this, but the word that Aaron and I chose for 2020 to describe where we wanted to go with this ministry, with Million Praying Moms, uh, before any serious news of the coronavirus was released and, and well before we all knew that 2020 was going to tank so, so yeah. drastically, like the curve just, you know, went right down on, on 2020 was simplify. That was the word that we chose. We really felt like the Lord was leading us to pick some things that we could do well and do them really, really well. Because our heart for this ministry has always been to go where God would lead us, but to do it in a way that also allowed us to be the kind of moms that he wants us to be in this season of our children's lives. And so we've been trying to allow that word to lead all the decisions that we make this year. So while I absolutely love the title of your new book, Uh, Jesus over everything. I also really loved the subtitle because it seems to fit so well with what we feel God calling us to do here at Million Praying Moms. And maybe, just maybe in the midst of this coronavirus quarantine, what God is calling all of us to do in a completely different kind of season than we've ever experienced before, which is to simplify. So tell us about your subtitle, which is Uncomplicating the Daily Struggle to Put Jesus First. Why do we as a culture need to uncomplicate things? It makes me so excited that you love the subtitle because to me, Brooke, that is the crux of the book. It it really tells the truest story of Jesus over everything. Because I think we think about the title Jesus over everything and we're like, wow, that's awesome, but it's huge and it's daunting and it makes for a great bumper sticker. But what does it actually mean? And uncomplicating the the daily struggle to put Jesus first is really what I wanted people to know about the book. This is a book about uncomplication. So why do we need to uncomplicate? My gosh, I think we know why. Don't we know why? We know why because our lives feel heavy all the time. We know that as believers, if we know the Bible, we know that in the, in this world, we will have trouble. That is a promise from the book of John, John 16, So our lives won't be trouble free, but here's what I do believe. And obviously you guys do too, because of what you've picked for your word, that though our lives won't be trouble free, they can be less complicated than we've made them. And here's what I believe about 
the priority order because the book Jesus over everything and it's forget that it's a book. It's a message. And this is what I really want people to know. Like this is a message pressing on my heart that the Lord has called me to really for so many years of my life, though I didn't have language for it. um, It's a priority order. And the reason why I believe that we don't, want to put Jesus first in our lives, right? Because, and we say, oh, we, we want to, but really our lives show that we don't because we put ourselves and our choices and other things over him, right? I think this time in our lives are exposing how many idols we really do have. And I think the reason, one of the reasons why we don't want to put our priority order the way it should be, the way it was set up to be according to the word of God is because we don't at the core, Brooke, understand how it relates to how it uncomplicates our life. And I think if we understood and we truly understood how it would simplify and uncomplicate our life, we would run to it. We would want it. We would be like, oh, wow, this is it. Because what we do instead is we're like, when our lives get complicated, we look for methods. We look for a system. We look for a way that we can take it in our own human control by way of of simplifying. And according to Colossians 1.17, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. In verse 18, which talks about the supremacy or first order right of him the way that our lives are less complicated the way our lives work is by putting him over everything else so that's really what the uncomplication thing and process is all about and so it's not like why do we need to I think we know why we need to it's just why don't we and I think innately the reason we don't is because we don't understand how uncomplicating our lives is tied into putting Jesus over everything. You know, it's interesting that you say that, Lisa, because I have had this, this thought before, um, you know, the coming to Christ, understanding the basic gospel message. You know, Lisa, I know you came to Christ as a child. I came to Christ as a child. Um, Aaron came a little bit later to Christ, but, but we know lots and lots of people who come to Christ as children. The gospel message is simple enough that children can understand it and embrace it and walk with Jesus imperfectly, but follow him the rest of their lives. So, and I think, you know, I keep trying to come back to that in my daily life. Like this is not hard. The gospel message is not hard, but the living of it can sometimes be hard and complicated. So I'm really interested to hear our conversation today about uncomplicating it because I do find, and I feel like probably a lot of our listeners find themselves in that, that juggling place of this is not supposed to be hard, but it is hard in some ways. So how do we get back to that place where following Jesus, no matter what is just what we do because it's because we're trying to put him first. So great conversation. Yeah. So let's just get like really practical right away with an example. In the beginning of the book, you share the story about your one year fast from shopping, a desire you realized was competing with your desire for Jesus. So talk to us about this struggle and why do we all find it so hard to choose Jesus over anything else and especially ourselves? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's interesting because for all of us, we have different currency. We have um, what I call different substitute saviors, right, that kind of mimic um, what we really want, the joy, the satisfaction, the comfort, whatever it is that truly only our real savior can bring us. Um, things that are easy, things that are accessible, things that are close, things that even for a time do the trick. Um, and I think for me, shopping, uh, you know, has always been, it, it, it's like, it, well, let me finish that sentence. Shopping for me has always been sort of an easier go-to. It's, it's a sneakier substitute savior. I think it's one that is less, um, it's more acceptable. Um, even, even when I was on a recent interview, I had someone say to me, like, you know, people that hear about a shopping fast, some of them are like, oh, you know, I deal with porn. That's like, you know, that's the real, that's a real struggle. And I think to myself, what's interesting is I've talked to so many women who struggle with consumerism, who struggle with shopping, and they know for them, it is also a very real battle. Like when they've turned to something else and they feel that rush and they feel that desperation and they feel that desire to just order one more pair of shoes to someone who struggles with something else that might not sound like a big deal, but let me tell you something. It's this insatiable desire for more and more and more. It's the lust of the eyes. It's whatever it is. And, and so the problem is it's never enough. And there's this desperate feeling of complication that we, that it's like, okay, well, when will, when will there be enough pairs of shoes, right? When will there be enough handbags? When will there be enough cute pillows for my couches at home? And I know people that have rooms and rooms of, of, of stuff and, and they feel guilty over it. And it's, I talk about this in my Bible study. It's a cycle of complication that we get into. And this is very real. And so, um, you know, I, I want us just to know that just because, you know, someone may read that, may, may, that may resonate with them. And there will be hundreds of thousands that it will resonate with. And they'll be like, that's me. I need to go on a shopping fast. I struggle with consumerism. There'll be some that'll be like, I struggle with alcohol. And this is not a struggle for me. It doesn't matter whatever it is your struggle that's coming in between you and Jesus. Aaron, here's the reality of it. I don't care if we struggle for low self-esteem or not. Some of us would not say like, I like myself, but this is the reality of all humans. Even if we love God, there is a great part of us that also loves us. And I say this in chapter one, I have loved Jesus since I was six years old. I mean, he and I have a massive thing going. Like I love Jesus more than anything in my life. I truly do. But I also love me. And this is the rub of my life. And, you know, there are times I don't like me. There are times that I have rejected my personality. I've not. But here's the thing about us as humans. We love ourselves. And here's how we know. We choose what we want. We do what we want. And that's how we know we love ourselves. And so it, it's the rub of humanity, Aaron. And um, that's where our struggle comes in. And we will struggle probably, not probably, we'll struggle till the day we die. But I do believe that through God, according to the Bible, all things are possible. 
And I do believe there are victories to be won. And I do believe that there are lots of practical things from the Bible first to glean on how to live a victorious life. That's what I Yeah, And I was going to say, I feel like we get in trouble when we minimize even our own struggles or even somebody else's. Cause what you were saying there, I feel like a lot of people would be like, well, but it's not porn or it's not alcohol or it's not violence. Or, you well, know, I mean, what, yeah. whatever things that sound bad, mm-hmm. like we get in big trouble when we cast those aside as a complication because they don't sound, you know, because, well, at least I'm not doing this. Or when somebody else tells you, well, that's not really a struggle. Right. Like, like you said, like, that's where we get in trouble because then we justify things. We say, oh, I'm not, this isn't actually competing with Jesus because so-and-so says it's not a big deal. Sometimes those are the riskiest struggles, Erin, right. because people let us off the hook. Right. And- I will tell you, even when I said I was doing a shop, I didn't tell people I was doing a shopping fast for a long time, but then there were certain people that knew and they would say to me, we we're girls. We love to shop. Right. And so we would let people would let me off the hook. And when you love to shop and you know, it's coming between you and the Lord, you, you want someone to let you off the hook. You're looking for that. And, um, yet that's, that's, that's an obedience thing between you and the Lord. So yeah, sometimes those are the riskiest struggles, the ones that are less overt, the ones that people can't see, the ones that can be more hidden, the ones that might not even send you into debt. Like it didn't even send me into debt. So, um, yeah, those are things that can be really, really tricky. I think too, you know, we're talking about, you know, we have a tendency in our culture to to categorize big sins versus smaller sins. Um, you know, well, at least I'm not addicted to pornography, but, but I am also not listening to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit in my home um, on a daily basis. So what about the really small things? You know, like just when I sit down to watch an episode of Gilmore Girls and I feel the, I feel the Holy Spirit saying to me, go play a game with your kids instead, or not that, not to produce guilt over things that, that really there should not be any guilt, but there can be times when God would say, put down something good for something better. And we don't do that because we like ourselves better. We want what we want uh, more than we want to do what God wants us to do. So it doesn't have to be this big overarching category of alcoholism or pornography or even uh, commercialism or consumerism. It could be just our small daily choices as well, right? Yeah. And remember what we're talking about here is uncomplicating our life. I want people to keep that in perspective. We're not talking about, hey, we want to give you rules. What we're saying is, do you want your life less complicated? Because there is a formula from the word of God that works. And you might not think of even that idea of, and, and this is this this kind of nods to the chapter in the book, commitment over mood. It's like it's like if I honestly, Brooke, if I did everything my mood wanted me to do, um, I would never live a Jesus over everything lifestyle. I would never have a less complicated life because if you think about what your mood has dictated for you in your life, oh my. the choices that your mood has dictated for you. Whether it be 
a relationship conflict, like because your mood has made you react to something on social media or like in person. If you think about how your mood has dictated the things that you know God has called you to do, but you've not gotten up and done it. But on the other hand, if you realize and think about the things that your commitment has driven you to do, what I'm telling you are, and this is what the book is all about, it's, it's literally practical things that are already parts of your life that I'm saying turn to this decision versus this decision. I'm not asking you to implement a bunch of new stuff in your life that's going to make you feel more um, overwhelmed than ever. I'm just saying I really want you to think about uncomplicating your life if that's really what you want. And if that's really what you want, here's how we do it. Don't let your mood dictate what you do, even in this moment, because your commitment is what is going to change your life and ultimately let your life be far less complicated. So I want everybody to keep that in mind in the context of this whole conversation is this is going to help you uncomplicate things. Yeah, I love that. And I know there's so many moms right now who connect with that particular choice of how do I not let my mood influence every decision, every relationship, every, you know, interaction that I have. How can I, how can I let commitment influence that instead? That's great. And I know all of our moms are probably going to go straight to that chapter in the book when they get it. Um, So let's talk a little bit then and transition into the realm of parenting because most of the moms, uh, most of the people, women that are listening right now are moms. And I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about it from that perspective. How does choosing Jesus over everything affect us as parents? What impact does it have on our children? And here's, here's the, the big question. Are you telling us when you say Jesus over everything, do you mean Jesus over our kids? Hmm. Great questions. Um, I think, you know, Brooke, cause you've said you've been in my home. Um, you know, my family, um, I am the biggest family lover that ever walked the face of the earth. Like I, I just love my people just like you and like everyone listening. Um, so this is, this is a, this is a big, this is a big thing for me. Um, let me address how does it, how does it affect us as parents and how does the, and how does it affect parenting and kids and all that hugely. And here's why, because can you imagine and, and now, and I, let me say this to everybody. I've got now a 22 year old, a 19 year old and a 17 year old. I've got one that's basically on his own. Um, and here's what I can tell you from parenting. At some point, those kids that are hanging on your leg right now, that you are putting Cheerios right now on their, on their little um, high chair tray. At some point, it is true, they will go on and they will leave you. Um, and it's meant to be, if you've done your job well, they'll, they'll, they'll launch and that's what you want and you'll make it. And what you want for them more than anything is to know in their core that they'll be okay. Forget about you being okay. You'll be okay because you'll have Jesus, but they need to know they'll be okay. And I can't imagine in the current state of the world and whatever is to come, cause we don't know. And we're not going to fear about it, but we are going to be realistic about it. If we make them the promise, mom will always be here. That's a false promise because we don't know. But if we instill in them, listen, it is Jesus. Jesus is who you have. Jesus over everything. Jesus is what I have. 
And I, the best thing I can do as a mom is give you that same confidence you have instilled in your child. You've created, for lack of a better way to say it, Brooke, a, a confident child. You have given them something that is so far better than intelligence and top of their class and greatest athlete and whatever else, because we don't know where we're going to be as parents. We don't know what storms are going to blow in, but if we've given them this message of Jesus over everything that, that, that those three words in and of itself speak a message that will carry them through whatever may come. And it, is it Jesus over your kids? I think that's clear from the Bible. Um, you know, we were just talking about commitment over mood and I talk in that chapter about how, Je- how Abraham didn't come into Genesis 22 as a newbie. That was not his first rodeo, him sacrificing, being willing to sacrifice his son. That wasn't his first experience with obeying God, right? Like you, you don't just kind of come into that and be willing to do that. He had other experiences with obeying God. But I do believe that one of the reasons, maybe that's in the Bible, I don't know the mind of God, but I'm just guessing as a human. One of the reasons that story is in the Bible is because I do believe that the Lord wants us to, as parents, say Jesus over everything. He's first no matter what. Um, That's hard for us as humans to wrap our brains around. But um, I believe the message of Jesus first is the message that we most need to give our kids more than get a get good grades, get an MBA, get whatever Jesus over everything. If we don't instill that in our kids, what, what, what will they be when life hits? Oh my gosh. I love that so much because we're here to talk about moms choosing Jesus over everything, but like that is extremely important to show them that you live that, but to make sure that they know that because that is the only thing that will last is Jesus and in all of this. And what are they counting on? That is, that's huge. We're, we're using that time to make sure they know that while we're all home together. And at the time of this recording, literally everything in our lives is upside down. I mean, what better time to teach them this? You know, we are in the midst of the COVID-19 quarantine. Our kids are home with us. Many of us feel like our sense of normalcy is gone forever. <laughs> We're struggling in roles with our children we don't normally play. But at the same time, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of enjoying the slower pace, even amidst the struggles of this is what it's like to all be home together all the time now. But it's something that feels very weird, but parts of it kind of feel good. I mean, I, feel, I almost feel bad saying that, but there are parts of it that do feel good. And we can't go to church. And that's the thing that many of us associate with serving and placing Jesus first, you know? So that's one of the things that's like, this is weird. This is upside down. What does it mean right now in the quarantine season for the discerning mom to help her family put Jesus first when we aren't going to church? We aren't going to youth group. We're not regularly meeting with other believers in person. What are some practical things we can be doing to put Jesus first in our homes and teach our kids that message to carry on with them as they go from here? 
you know, I think this is a fantastic time to do that. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's an opportunity. I think we all have to, I think we've all kind of been in a first couple of weeks of shock and now we have to make adjustments. Right. Um, but I think what's beautiful about it is so many things that we've relied upon in our traditions, in our, honestly, that we have been a little bit, um, I don't know. They, they maybe become crutches in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not there right now. And I think this is the time that we can really put our faith into the most beautiful action. So I, I want everyone listening to know, like, guys, this is opportunity. This is opportunity for our kids to truly grow. This is opportunity for us to grow. This is opportunity for all of those things to be stripped away and us to see what are we made of as a family? Like, what are we really here to do and what are we here to be? And that I know that's going to take some moments when our kids go to bed and we're lying there in the bed and we might cry and we might cry out to God. I hope we do. I mean, just last night in the middle of the night, I said, I prayed prayers over, God woke me up in the middle of the night and I prayed prayers over each one of my family for something different. Because I feel like in this time, all of us are at risk in my house for something different, which makes sense because we all have different personalities, right? Um, and I would encourage the moms out there to be praying over your family for whatever you believe in this moment is their greatest area of need. It, customize that. Ask the Lord if you don't know, which I suspect most moms already know. But if you don't know, ask the Lord, what is their greatest area of need? And, and pray for that in this moment, that they might emerge from this time with whatever that is that they need to grow. Because listen, if we come out of this moment and all of us haven't changed in some way, then we've just been treading water. And, and the Lord wants to grow us in any and every season. And that means this season that none of us really like very much, to be honest with you. I told my friend yesterday, I'm like, life is weird. I don't like it. But the reality is, what does God want to do in all of us? And let's not waste that. Um, I would say on one practical note, I, would, I think that one of the things the Lord keeps saying to me is remember what is true. Remember what is true. And a passage of scripture uh, that he keeps bringing to my mind is Psalm 121. I talk about this in the book, but it's Psalm 121. It only has eight verses and it talks about being kept by God. You are kept by God. And I think it would be amazing if who knows how long, long this thing will go, but maybe a practice. And this could take kids a little while. So this could be a little activity for some kids. Um, and obviously depends on the ages of the kids. But get your kids to memorize those eight verses. And you memorize it with them. Because this, to hide the word of God in our heart right now, there's nothing like it. And uh, then maybe have some kind of contest. I don't know at the end of it. But wouldn't it be amazing if we emerge from this time with eight verses about being kept by God hidden in our heart as a family? I think that'd be incredible. That, that's what I think our family's going to do. I love that. Um, I want to go back to something you said because this is a hill I will die on and have for a long time. You use the word crutch. We have a lot of, of crutches of the faith. I think is what they are that we as parents 
tend to lean on. And having been um, a youth group and a children's ministry volunteer for, for most of my adult life, um, this is something I'm super passionate about because I hear parent after parent say, I'm so glad you guys are here because I have no idea how to help my children grow their faith. I have no idea how to teach them about Jesus. And they drop them off and they pick them up and the kids come back the next week and have not talked about it at home at all because parents don't feel qualified to talk about Jesus or the Bible with their families. And I want to say what you said right now is super important. We don't need those crutches because we have Jesus and we have the Bible and every single one of us that know Jesus is equipped to teach our kids about him because he gave us the word. And we can do that right now. We don't need, like, thank you to all the churches that are putting out uh, materials to use at home and doing all that stuff. But I think we need to say, you've got the word of God and you know your children better than anyone. Like, you don't need those crutches. This is such a good time to be getting to the heart of the matter and just focusing on Jesus and not on programs and, and um, you know, the fun parts of it. Like we can dig into our faith and we don't need somebody else to be doing it for us. And I honestly think that is one of the good things. It sounds hard. I mean, it's not like an easy thing, but that is one of the good things to come out of this is to just really get down to it's me and my kids. It's, it's my, our family. How are we going to grow our faith without anybody else influencing it? Yeah. And to that, I want to say that, you know, I, I, I really feel for all of us, because I think as parents, we do the best job we can. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes we feel very discouraged because Satan wants us to feel like we don't know enough. Also, I think the big reason why we don't want to we don't, we don't feel confident to teach our kids about faith because Satan uses our past against us. Mm -hmm. Even maybe, you know, our parenting against us and says, you know, well, you've been fake in front of your kids or you're not really, you're not that good of a Christian or whatever the case may be. So I just want to encourage people out there to what Aaron's saying. Listen, you know, maybe the best thing that you can do with your kids is even just come to them and say, guys, I know I haven't been a perfect parent. I know that I, I listen, I don't know everything about the Bible, but here's what I know. I need Jesus right now and I'm going to, you know, really try to put Jesus first. And I think this, you know, situation is really showing me some things about myself and I want to lead you guys well in that. And you'd be surprised at how receptive kids are to just a parent who's really bluntly honest about, you know, where we, where we are perfect. And uh, that just small little statement like that goes a very long way. So I just want to encourage somebody in that. Yeah. yeah. And being home this much means we're seeing it all. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. There's no hiding. There's yeah. no hiding right now. Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. One of the things that we've tried to do in our home is just, um, you know, we, we had rhythms before all of this happened and they are very different than they are now, drastically different than they are now. Um, and the first week or two of, of this, um, you know, I have, I have uh, mostly teenagers in my house and 
I'm not making them get up at eight o'clock and start schoolwork. And I just, you know, I don't feel like I need to do that. Although I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But um, we, what I did find out that we, we needed to have some rhythms, some basic rhythms. And one of the rhythms that I really wanted to have was a rhythm of prayer in our home. And so we would, we, I have my alarm set on my phone at noon and at 4.12 uh, p.m. 4.12 is a foundational verse for us, Lisa. Uh, the Word of God, Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God is living and active. And we believe that's why praying God's Word is one of the best things you can do. It's living. It's active. In Isaiah, it says it will do exactly what God sets it forth to do. Um, they're just, in my mind, can't be anything more powerful than praying God's Word. But um, we, we pick those two times and we come together as a family and if my husband is home, he's home. And if he's not, he's not. He joins us if he's here. And we just sit down and, and at noon, we read the proverb of the day. Um, you know, if it's the, the seventh, we read the seventh proverb. And I've, I've asked my, uh, if my husband's not here, I've asked my oldest son to do that for us. And then when we come together in the evening, we read the psalm of the day. So in this case, the seventh psalm of the day. And we just ponder it together and think about it. And then we pray over a list of needs that people have been sharing with us that are pertinent to what we're going through and just our, our prayer list. We're just praying through them together. The whole thing takes less than 10 minutes, but it's a way that we're pausing and we're saying Jesus first. We're going to pause and these are going to be the rhythms of our family life. Um, and we're going to, we're going to put the word of God first and we're going to put prayer first in our lives. And I'm telling you, it's not perfect. Um, I have two boys that, you know, laugh over the silliest of things. And sometimes I have a hard time corralling them and bringing them together, even as teenagers. Um, they'll, they'll come across a crazy word in scripture and we've gone completely down a rabbit trail. You know, those kind of things are, are reality in our home too, but it's just a way that we can create those rhythms together. And I love that, um, that we're able to do that in this season. Lisa, the focus of our ministry here at Million Pray Moms is to help parents make prayer their first and best response to the challenges of parenting. And you've already spoken a little bit um, about this. And I think it's a perfect segue into this next question, which is what are a few verses that we can be praying as we as parents accept the challenge to really look at what we're choosing over Jesus in our lives? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's gotta be Colossians 17, 117, which is uh, he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. I mean, that is literally the premise of Jesus over everything. That is Jesus over everything. So Colossians 1.17, for sure. Um, I also think, uh, you know, Ephesians 1, uh, 18 and 19, where it talks about um, how his power is available to us, that he is uh, over all the government, all the rulers of the world, uh, that whole passage, Ephesians 1, I, I think it's 1, 18 through 23, really, is I would say that is a very rich passage to read. It, it's a great passage for if you as a mom or your family is feeling like, oh, I, I feel like, you know, that God's maybe not in charge or I don't feel strong and I don't know if I can walk through this world. That's a perfect passage. I think, honestly, Brooke, John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Like, I find so much comfort reading John 1, and the Word, obviously, being Him, made flesh, came and dwelt among us. Like, I just, there's something about John 1. Uh, I think 
Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the world. And thinking about the way that he created this world, because when you remember and you think about like God creating the world, he created this, he created us. He is not a creator that then has created and left us. He has created us and he has stayed with us and he is sovereign over us. He is holding us together. Don't make any mistake. If he was not holding us together right now, we would not be held together. And um, I just find a lot of comfort, Brooke, in those really core, as you said at the beginning of the show, basic things that are the core of our faith. Is Jesus enough? Is he for us? Did he create us? And I think going back to some of those core foundational things, um, to know for ourselves, to preach to our kids, to um, remind everybody, I mean, just common sense it. He created this world. It's his. He created you. You're his. Um, there's deep comfort in that. And um, so that's what I would say. Those, those things to me mean the most. I love the focus on him being with us because so much of the talk I'm hearing right now is about being alone and feeling lonely and feeling um, like you've lost things. And I love the idea of focusing on scripture that talks about him being with us and that we are never alone and that we are never left without the help we need, without the relationship we need, without the comfort we need, that, that he is always there and always with us and we are never alone because that is just such a strong theme I'm hearing from parents, but also especially maybe from the older kids side of them feeling abandoned in the friendships that they go through every day and, and just really spending this time focusing on the fact that Jesus is our everything and he is always with us and we don't have to feel alone. And like you said, this isn't the last time they're going to feel abandoned or alone. And this is a great time to instill that in their, in their hearts and minds that friends will leave, situations will change, but Jesus is always there and with us. And that's such a beautiful thing to pray over our whole family, um, you know, ourselves, our kids, everybody right now. I love those, Lisa. And, and Aaron, you know, it's like right now, in a way, guys, it, it, I know it's so hard to have our kids right under our feet, but we have their attention in a very unique way. We've got their attention. God's got their attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, if, if you're like me, I've got kids who have uh, phones and I've got kids who have video games. And if you think about the, the, the craziness of life, so many things, we live in a distracted culture. And we are constantly trying to get our kids' attention. And if there's ever a time that we have our kids' attention, it's right now. So let's look at this as a time that we can infuse in them a massive dose of Jesus is enough, Jesus is everything, and Jesus is what you need. Because we don't know yet what, they'll, what at 20 they will remember. But I can guarantee you they're going to remember this time. And will they remember, what will they remember about it? And that's going to be interesting and and on us as parents. 
Amen. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. As we wrap up everything, tell our listeners where they can learn more about you. I love being on. Thank you so much. Uh, my favorite subject in the world. Uh, I, you can find me at lisawhittle.com. Um, I don't know when this show airs, but you know, we're having the free Bible study going on. So if anybody wants to sign up for that, lisawhittle.com forward slash Joe and Joe stands for Jesus over everything, by the way. Some people don't realize that, but that that has everything soup to nuts about the book, about, you know, about all the stuff. If, if this, uh, through April 20th, we're still on week one of our free online Bible study. So people can sign up for that there. But yeah, lisawhittle.com, lisawhittle.com forward slash Joe is all about the book. Awesome. We love it. We love everything and we love having you. And this won't be the last time you'll be on here. All right. So that's it for today, friends. As always, you can find any specifics from our show in our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com, including the links that Lisa mentioned and a link to order Lisa's book, Jesus Over Everything, Uncomplicating the Daily Struggle to Put Jesus First. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.